Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today, man, I am super excited about today's episode. I am joined by a man who I've known for a hot minute now. Uh, great, great human being. Awesome leader. Awesome individual. He is currently the CEO of the Tillman Foundation. Uh, Going to get into that big time on the show. You guys will learn all of what they're about and what they do in the world. But the short answer is they do incredible things with incredible people for the good of like all humankind, basically. Um, the guy's name is Dan Fitzrell. He's my guest today and just a super awesome human being and someone that I am very blessed to actually call a friend. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Please, please listen. Tons of good takeaways. Dan just kind of, he just spits fire and uh, the organization he's a part of is massively important. And so please enjoy this episode with my special guest, Dan Fitzrell. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. We have a lift off. Discovery, going throttle up. Back up in orbit. All right, folks, here we go. I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Dan Fatrell. How you doing today, sir? Good, good, doing well. Thanks for having me on. So I've known you, I don't know, for a little bit, a little bit. We may have met in person once or twice. Um, but for the listeners who may not be familiar with the amazingness that is Dan Fatrell, give us a snapshot of who you are, sir. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah. Uh, no pressure, no pressure. Yeah, th- th- thanks, Travis. So I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I currently serve as the CEO of the Pat Tillman Foundation, uh, and uh, you know, was a Tillman Scholar. The foundation supported me going through grad school uh, after I left five years of service, where you and I met, uh, and spent uh, you know a nice, nice little fifteen month vacation together uh, in the Middle East, just you know, walking around, getting to know the people, getting just soaking up the sun. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's me in a nutshell. I run, I run sometimes. That's also a thing that I do. Avid runner. That is one thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You've just always been. You were one of two people. The other person is a mutual friend who just is a crazy runner. But you know, that is where we met. We met in just just before. Like, how long had you been in the unit prior to our deployment? Not too long, right? Not too long. No, I I, uh, I finished Ranger School on January twenty sixth, two thousand six. And it was important to me to get to the unit before uh, everybody went to NTC. And so I drove from Fort Benning to Fort Lewis in three days solo uh, and to, to make it. And I got to Fort Lewis in time before 3-2 uh, went to NTC. And uh, I didn't, my first job in the army, I didn't realize that you have to in-process a base and right. it takes a week or two. <laughs> and so uh, I thought I could just like get, get, my, get my stuff and go. And um, and so, you know, I ended up joining NTC uh, half halfway through uh, the cycle. But uh, you and I, yeah, so you and I would have met, you know, uh, February or March of, of 2006. Yeah. And, and, and we and, you know, shortly thereafter, we packed up our vehicles and uh, and then just you know, kind of sitting around with our hands. Definitely not in our pockets. No, nope. uh, nope. in, in June of that year. Yeah, that's always that after the trucks go away is always weird because it's like. So what do we do? We show up to PT wearing boots and then go home. It's just awkward. And yeah, yeah everyone's just like, little, why are we here? A little more, little more time at the rifle range, but that's about it. Yeah. And so we kind of got piecemealed together once we got there. And what I will say about you and I, it, it really sets everything up. And not you and I have talked a lot, you know, in the last several years. And since our initial meeting, we've known each other. You are one of the most open to criticism and humble leaders I've ever met. And, you know, I, I think it is something that, well, I remember brand new Lieutenant Fatrell, quite candidly, like he is seared into my nugget for forever. And, and it, it, the thing is like, you know, it's, you were put in a very dynamic situation with a, a very dynamic group of individuals, you know, all of which didn't work together organically in the first place. And now they're mushed together and you were given a very dynamic battle space to operate within so that was a lot to put on the shoulders of a young lieutenant no matter how qualified you were and just I think your openness to learning is really one of the things that has set you apart from a lot of folks that I've known and probably propelled you to where you are today 
Well, uh, I appreciate that. That means a lot coming from you. The, uh, you know, from, um, and, and, and I appreciate that that's one of the things that you remember, you know, certainly what I remember, uh, and just to kind of paint the scene a little bit, um, you know, as we said, showed up to the unit, you know, the unit, everybody, you know, in our company of 150 people, everybody knew each other really well. I was like the last guy to join before right. we deployed um, and, and not, you know, and, and then was, you know, uh, put in a, a leadership role where, you know, I had to actually get, get stuff done uh, in, in an, you know, where they kind of cobbled together a platoon. But, um, you know, certainly when you, when you talk about remembering what, uh, you know, uh, I, when I deployed second Lieutenant Futrell, uh, you know, for me, as I look back at that time, there was a lot of, um, and I, you know, we're, we're here to talk a little bit about leadership. There was a lot of like, here's what a leader is, be that. Right. And, 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 and so I felt this pressure, like, oh, I need to be that and, you know, be that like, you know, did this sometimes, you know, with the knife hands right. and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, as I look back on it, my, my reflection on, on certainly the first part of our deployment was, um, and one of the lessons I've taken from that is, uh, I wasn't as collaborative as I would have liked uh, to I, have been, uh, you know, with, with, with you, with, um, you know, our platoon sergeant, with, with uh, other leaders within our platoon. Um, in hindsight, you know, it, it, you know, the, the role that I was in was not intended to be one where I just come to the plan with my genius, you know, come, come to the team with my genius. And here, <laughs> right. here it is, we're gonna do this today. <laughs> um, that's actually not what was expected of me, nor what I should have been trying to do. Um, and it, it took me some time to, to realize that. And, uh, and fortunately you were, you were there to help coach me along that path a little bit. But I, I would say, you know, everyone thinks when you're over there, 15 months is a long time, right? It's a long time to be away from home, a long time to be doing the job we were doing at the rate of intensity that we were doing it. But it's also a very small learning curve. And I can honestly tell you from day one in country to when we were up north doing Arrowhead Ripper, you were a totally different human being by then, like a totally different leader. And that was what, four months? Yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah, well, I certainly well, four months lot, since we had stopped working together, at least. Yeah, I certainly felt a lot grumpier too. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> oh man, yeah, so many things in that deployment. Um, on the professional side, on the personal side, just so so many things. I know by the time by the time we were setting up, what was it? Uh, 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 Cop Katoon. Yep. Right. By the time we were setting up Cop Katoon. And you know, like setting up a little outhouse and and you know, burning burning crap with JP eight. Uh, literally, <laughs> literally, yeah, uh, yeah. I was I was I was quite quite ready to be done with that whole endeavor. <laughs> and what's funny when you, because you know, retrospectively, I look at that time and and you've got some. I'll throw some names out that I know you remember. Like you had me there almost every day. You had Starbeck there every day. You had Zane there every day. You had mm -hmm. dudes like Dan Beard there every day. And we're looking at you going, ah, transformation complete. <laughs> like it worked. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny that you say that. Yeah, I mean, definitely I I I felt quite differently at the end of that deployment. Um, you know, I, I imagine if we were to um uh you know, if if if, if this conversation were you, me, and, and Kevin Salgi, uh what that <laughs> What that would sound like. Um, I, I, I don't think that, uh, yeah, I wonder, I wonder how he viewed my, my transformation during that deployment. I, you know, I'm, I'm confident just given the very candid nature in which he dealt with both of us mm -hmm. at the first part of that deployment, he was yeah. quite pleased with how everything shook out. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> that guy, he was, he was on a couple late nights. He was the glue that held you and I together. I remember. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. But it right. worked. And so you leave the military, talk me through how you end up getting involved with the Tillman Foundation in the first place. Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, applied to grad school, I, I knew as I was looking to get out that, um, you know, my, my next step, education was gonna give me the space to figure out what the hell to do with the rest of my life. You know, I, was, I only served for five years, which really is not that long of a time, um, though it was, you know, uh, transformative in a lot of ways. So went to school and uh, a classmate of mine suggested that I look into the Pat Tillman Foundation, this Tillman scholarship. 
And uh, he was also a Tillman scholar in the second class uh, of, of, the, of, of the program. And so I ended up applying and you know, ended up, ended up uh, getting the scholarship for my second year of a two-year program. And um, you know, over time, you know, my, my relationship to the Pat Tillman Foundation has, has evolved, expectedly so. Um, in the beginning, and I, and I think this is true for a lot of Tillman scholars, um, especially in those earlier years, it was, oh, there's a, you know, this is going to be really helpful in paying for school. School costs a lot. Right. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's certainly how it started for me. But over those first two or three years, I had a couple little organizations that I was um, involved with and I, I reflected on, you know, oh, well, do I want to put more time into any of these? And uh, the Pat Tillman Foundation stood out for me because, uh, because of the, the other Tillman scholars, the other people who had served and really feeling like, oh, these feel kind of like my people. I like right. them. They're, they're still, you know, after their service, uh, professionally ambitious. Um, and, you know, in a lot of ways, don't need to define themselves as veterans for the rest of their life, though it is core to who they are. Um, and, and all those, and, and, and are just good to like sit down and have a beer with and, and right, right. shoot the breeze. So, you know, it felt like my people, which caused me to stay engaged, uh, over, over the next nine years. And the, so there's a couple of things that I hear in that. First of all, I want to touch on something, cause you said you're only in for five years and I don't want people to think, oh, he just stayed, you know, the Lieutenant lost in the land nav course. Like I remember getting a, an email from you when you were, I was a drill sergeant at the time. And I think you were the aide de camp to the MNDB commander. The, uh, the chief of staff. Okay. Yeah. So you, you, you uh, progressed uh, a little it, bit. Uh, the, the core MNCI, the core commander. Yeah. The, you progressed core, a little bit. I think you, you made it yeah. all right. Yeah. Uh, but so then beyond that, like your, your initial involvement in the Tillman foundation, and it, we talked a, a little bit at the front about, you know, your willingness to learn, like one of the common themes that I see is twofold. Like one education has always been paramount for you. Like not just in the, go to the academia, but also like the application of that education. And that's one of the things that I see your organization do, you know, using our lingo at a T, like you're super trained, super proficient at doing this is you take those folks from academia who have, you know, <clears throat> some sort of basis in leadership. And you guys are, you know, I don't, I don't want it to sound too grandiose, but you guys are, are real world influencers because you make it your business to put these folks in positions to make an impact right away, you know, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, the, um, uh, you know, I can speak for a minute about kind of my relationship to, you know, to education. My dad is, um, you know, he works at a factory making housing insulation. Now, if you've ever done any construction yourself, there's a, a Owens Corning fiberglass. Um, they have pink housing uh, insulation. Uh, they're the only ones that are that's pink, um, and the the fiberglass looks like cotton candy. Um, he's worked it's not. there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he's he's worked there since he was 19, and uh, you know he's grown up. He worked uh, rotating shifts, so he'd work seven seven days graveyard, seven days morning, seven days uh, evenings, and he just kind of rotate. And so his sleep cycle was always off, um, and you know, that comes with a, 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 a set of stressors that, um, you know, I think he didn't want for me. He, he, he got a GED in high school I and mean, he dropped out, I think in his last year and um, for, you know, a variety of reasons. And, uh, and as I, as I was growing up, he always really impressed upon me like, Hey, school is your job. School is the way that, that makes it. So you don't have to do this. Uh, and, and, you know, he, he wanted me to do something, something different, um, something maybe with, with a different set of stressors. Um, and, and, and that, you know, that's kind of a side note. Um, you know, it is a luxury to choose the set of stressors that you get to engage with. Absolutely. Yes. And, um, and, and my dad wanted me to have that, that luxury. So, you know, education for me, um, I grew up feeling like, oh, that's, that's, that's what helps me get to a different level. And, and, it, and it has in a variety of different ways. So the, the foundation, you know, we, we at the Pat Tillman Foundation, we look at education in a variety of different ways. One, 
you know, we offer scholarships. So, you know, the couple thousand people that are applying for scholarships every year. And by the way, scholarship season opens February 1st for the month of February. If you're going to school, undergrad, grad school, you name it. If it, if it, it'll, if it'll give you a degree at the end, you know, you should apply. Right. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, these couple thousand folks who are applying, um, they're already in a, in a program or about to be in a program. And, and we want to support that formal program. But as a foundation, we look at education a lot more broadly than that. And, you know, education is both theory and practice. And, you know, they might be going to school to work on theory. They come to us with a little bit of a little bit of practice um, through their through their service. But in the future, like we're looking for people who are engaged with lifelong learning. Right. And so that means that means, you know, we're going to support them as they continue, even after their degree, as they go to conferences, as they are, are learning a variety of different things. And on top of that, uh, as a foundation, we are working to continue to provide value through education with our scholars through the form of leadership development programming. And that's, you know, it's it's really just a perspective that you've got. And I, I think it was formed you know, through that relationship with your father and is that it's education is not so much a requirement as a tool of empowerment. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Well, and, and, you know, you, you, um, you, know, you kind of gave me a little bit of credit there for, for uh, being open to, to feedback uh, early on. I mean, that, that's part of education too, right? Like, it, you know, if, if, if I'm, you know, if I'm if I'm standing in that stairwell, not listening to Staff Sergeant Travis Crutcher tell me I'm jacked up. <laughs> Hashtag memories. <laughs> then, uh, you know, then, then then like I'm not really committed to education. But, you know, and, and it, it is a, a throwback memory for both of us. But you bring it up sometimes when we talk and it is a credit to you. And I actually, you know, I talked to Jess about this yesterday, reflecting on our time together and this show that coming up and just you could have taken that in a totally wrong light. You could have taken that as me just being this aggressive staff sergeant who thinks he knows everything and I've deployed before and I'm going to bully this Lieutenant, but you took a step back from the situation. You took the emotion that I, I kind of brought to the table in that particular instance out of the equation. And you said, okay, what is, what is it he's really getting at? And, and honestly, I think we both know that my intent was understanding, like these guys are important to me. I want to make sure they're safe. Mm-hmm. And that was ultimately your takeaway. And had you been a different kind of human being, a different kind of interactor, a different kind of, you know, person who's not as open to learning something that could have been catastrophic for our team. Yeah. And, you know, and just to, just to kind of paint the picture a little bit further for, for those um, listening, there's uh, you know, at that time and in, in my own growth and our team's growth together, um, I was very um, kind of le- letter of the rule kind of guy. Like, oh, we're supposed to do this thing, and it like it starts here and it ends here. We're going to start here and we're going to end here. Right. And, which is um, you know a a, a more rigid uh, approach that like most people don't appreciate in any circumstance, <laughs> uh, uh, and especially in a, a higher stress environment um, when you know the small things matter. Uh, like, you know, get, get in the defect before it closes. So right, you know, we, right. we don't need trash, you know, for the fifth night in a row. Uh, um, and, and, you know, I, I was, you know, I was very wrapped up in wanting to succeed. Um, but, but not, but like understanding success as like, um, like something that could be quantified. Right. Right. Like, like oh, you know, I will succeed as a leader if, oh, I'm told to do uh, A, B, and C. I'm going to do A, and then I'm going to do B, and then I'm going to do C. Great, I have succeeded, which is, which is, you know, to be clear, like, that's actually not what the military teaches, right? They're like, the military teaches a commander's intent, right? Like, you need to understand what your, you know, what your supervisor is telling you to do, but also why, so right. that you have the flexibility when you hear, when you hear the why to say like oh I'm gonna deviate a little bit from the the particulars because I know like we're both gonna I'm gonna get to where we need to be, and um, I hadn't I hadn't fully kind of internalized that yet and so you know in, in that moment if I if I remember correctly you know we had we had a thing <laughs> we were gonna do that day we had you know done the thing and um, we were supposed to be in sector from this time to this time. And, uh, and we had, you know, maybe an hour, hour and a half remaining in, in the, the time we were supposed to be there. And, and we had done all the things we intended to do. And my answer was, 
oh, well, we're supposed to be out here another hour and a half or not. Maybe it's 30 minutes, an hour, something short, you know? Uh, and so I said, oh, well, we're going to go to this other place. We're going to drive there, a place that we had not talked about, but right. it was in our, in our area, but we're going to drive to this other place. We're going to go into a building and we're going to put the vehicles in a certain places. We're just going to watch the intersection and we're going to gain some environmentals. Right. We're going to, we're going to watch, <laughs> which would, you know, both, you know, in my, in my saying that and in your hearing it, I think both of us understood like, it's kind of bullshit, but we're just, you know, <laughs> we're just gonna, you know, follow the letter of the law here, and um, and and that, you know, rightly so, uh, got a little bit of a reaction. Well, and, I, and, and to be clear, like that was not the first time I had done that. This, there had been a progression that got us to this point. Yeah, but it's okay because, you know, I think, it on both sides of that interaction, like, if if I had come in sideways the first time, you're like, well, we're gonna stay out, then I would have just been a jerk. And so it would have had no merit in even being brought up. But at any rate, like that, that is a credit to you and the way you communicate. And so as it pertains to like that education as a tool and what the Tillman foundation does, like I, you know, I, I know what, what you guys are all about and like where the intentionality of like placement and messaging and how that leadership is such a big part of the organization. But for the folks listening who aren't super savvy on it, like what, cause you know, Tillman, Tillman Foundation, you got the Tillman Scholars are not like a, a high five, here's your degree, I'll see you, see you at the reunion. Like, this is a, a lifelong endeavor because you guys wear that that Tillman Scholar thing. That's a badge and honor. You go out and represent this organization to try and be the very best and to innovate. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'll say, um, you know, that, that, that comes from, from Pat himself. Uh, you know, this, this organization is named after somebody who, uh, you know, even 16 years after his, his, his death um, is still inspiring be, because it is rare, uh, because the decisions that he made, um, you know, he had worked himself into, a, in, into a position of athletic excellence where he's serving, he, he's um, uh, working in the NFL. Um, this is, was a goal of his, he worked really hard to get there. Um, and from the outside, that looks like, oh man, that guy, that guy nailed it. He got right. all the things he wanted and now he's performing at that level. Like, man, you know, there's, there's a lot of folks who wanted to be there who might be envious of the position that he was in, uh, you know, as a safety on the Cardinals. And, uh, and he said, you know, after 9-11, he said, hey, I, I'm willing and I'm going to turn down a nearly $4 million contract, more money than right. he or any, or any of us have ever seen. And I'm going to go, you know, earn about 35 to $40,000, uh, enlisting in As the U S yeah. Right. Uh, enlisting in the army, uh, and, and with his brother, um, in the, the Ranger regiment. And so like the fact that our organization is named after him, the fact that our scholarship is named after him, um, you know, and, and I, I don't think this ever goes away for us. Um, it, it, it gives, you know, as, as somebody who received the scholarship and, and you know, am able to go out and, and represent myself as a Tillman scholar, uh, there's some obligation, some weight there. And really, you know, the way that I feel that and the way that I think a lot of Tillman scholars feel that is, what the hell are you going to do? Right. You know, you know like the, the scholars that, that we as an organization select uh, are people who think that their, their biggest achievement in their life is something that they have not done yet. And these are people that have done incredible things in, right, in and out right. of service already. Uh, and so, you know, that obligation, I think it comes from Pat. It, it is like really embedded within our community. What the hell are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do to impact the world in a positive way? And how are you getting there? And how can this community support you? So. And it's, you know, there's a, just talking about Pat and like how it's, it's been a long time since he passed. You know, I, I went to PLDC with the guys who were there the day that happened and it was, it was a tough loss for folks that knew him, you know, family included, obviously, but you know, I, I think what you guys as an organization do is you, he started with leaving such a legacy and you know, you could, you could lay on that and go, yep, Pat's legacy is what it is. And we're going to let that be, you know, what everyone sees about the organization. But the reality is like you guys said, no, we're not going to sully his memory by leaving his legacy there we're going to build it even bigger and we're going to make sure that everyone who goes out into the world is building that legacy bigger and bigger. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's an honor to be a part of it. You know, I've, I've, I've had the chance to hear Marie Tillman speak um, quite a bit about this idea of legacy. What is it? And, you know, her, her, her words for so many 
obvious reasons guide me most on this um, as she describes it as a living legacy. You know, she's, she's addressed the scholars before and said, uh, you know, that she, she's, she's talked about how people will come to her and say, what, what might Pat be doing today if he were alive? And of course, this is an, this is an unknowable question. Right. You, you can't truly answer that question. You know, he, he died when he was 27. Um, he would be 40, uh, he would be 44 now. And so, you know, uh, it's, it, it, it's unanswerable. And yet, you know, the way that she responds to it is he would be doing some version of what all these scholars are doing. Uh, and, you know, I think when she says that she's, she's referencing the breadth of the scholars work. We have lawyers, we have doctors, we've got entrepreneurs, we've got educators, we've got a variety of folks um, who are committed to making an impact. Um, and one of, one of the things to, um, I don't want to drone on too much about this, but you know, uh, John Krakauer wrote, wrote the book, Where Men Win Glory, about Pat. And, um, you know, for us, there's, you know, really three, three books, um, uh, that, uh, The Letter Written by Marie, uh, and uh, Boots on the, on the Ground by Dusk by uh, uh, Danny, uh, Danny Tillman, uh, Pat's mom. So those three books really serve as you know, reference points for right. us to know Pat as, as, you know, we have not met, met the man. And, um, you know, uh, 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 in, in the book, Krakauer talks about how Pat was somebody who um, was so eager to hear the opinions of other people um, and would often take a devil's advocate point of view in, in discussion and debate, right. um, not because that was something that he believed, but because he felt that through that discussion and debate, it would sharpen his own, his own views and understanding, and he would learn from somebody else in that way. Um, and that's a trait that, like, it's pretty hard to put into practice. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, when you when you have strong opinions and you want to like you want to you know go to fisticuffs on a thing like no right. I'm right uh, it, it's just like that's you know um, I, I I appreciate that and I, I think that that in, um, kind of intellectual curiosity exists within the community. Well, you know it, something else that I I see with because the folks that I know who are part of the organization like there is a that is something that is a very strong undercurrent you know like I because I know a lot of you as individuals and I know your leanings on certain topics, but for the most part, you don't let it bleed into your relationships. Like you would rather approach everyone with empathy first. And I think that's, I mean, that is a characteristic that is in drastically short supply in the world, empathy. And you guys, at least the ones that I know personally, and I would assume it's, you know, probably considering what you said about the book is as a shared goal is to, to do that with people that you know in your world. And I think that's that's huge because it it's a twofold thing for you because when you're when you're putting these people out into the the universe and they've got that mantle of Tillman scholar like you know that they're they're gonna make good connections you know what I mean yeah 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 I mean you know part part of when you when you when we sit back and think about well what does what what value does the foundation offer. Um, you know, as, as an organization, we're about 15 people strong. Uh, one of the significant ways that we offer value is through our selection process. And, you know, we, we've, there, there is, um, you know, I won't, I won't call it magic. Uh, you know, I don't <laughs> think it's art or science, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of thoughtfulness put into the act of, um, you know, respecting somebody's application uh, to be a part of this community um, and really trying to get to know them through those materials, through interviews, uh, and, 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 you know, understand how they want to leverage their service in, in their future impact. Um, so one of the ways that we offer value is, is through selection. Um, like, how do we build this community in a way that is inclusive, that is diverse in so many ways, um, so that the, the, they can support each other's growth? Right. So. Well, the other thing it does is, you know, it allows some people would finish their their time in school, they'd get that degree, they'd go into the world and, and that's the end of that. But it sounds like for a Tillman scholar, that graduation is like, that's the start point. That's the yeah. start point for now earning that, that mantle of Tillman scholar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you know the, um, like the, uh, the cheesy, uh, graduation speech line, like commencement, Commencement right. is not an ending. Commencement is a beginning. Right, right. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks. I haven't heard that before, but uh, you know, it, it is, you know, for, for our scholars, you know, our investment in them is truly lifelong. 
Um, and so, you know, scholarship is, is finite uh, as we're supporting their degree, um, but the community is lifelong should they want to be a part of it and their access to some of the, the development that we want to offer um, is lifelong as well. So, you know, we have 700 Tillman scholars across the country right now. Um, we add 60 every year and um, we, we've kind of zeroed in on that being a sweet spot for us. And so, you know, we're not, we're not growing like at light speed, um, but, you know, we are prioritizing the quality of our folks and the community um, in all that we do. And I think by doing it that way, um, it, it really facilitates their ability to go out and you don't feel like the new guy, you know, like you're qualified because you've gone through academia, you've got the education, you've got that military service that got you here in the first place, all those things that qualified you, but it's still kind of daunting going into whatever Fortune 500 or whatever law firm or whatever hospital on day one, feel like the new guy, but, you know, you guys empower them to feel like they're, they're a leader starting out. And in fact, like you and I talked a little bit before, you have a whole program geared around leadership that you're trying to roll out. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things, so, you know, as an organization, we've thought through like, how do we grow over the next five years? Um, what value are we creating? Uh, and we truly believe that it's, you know, um, we have kind of made a name on scholarships uh, but, but we're, we're much more than that, 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 as you said, that is truly just the first step in a journey. And so, you know, next year we're, we're beginning to offer, uh, leadership development programming for our Tillman scholars. So what that looks like, you know, we've done a lot of work to define our, our brand, our flavor of leadership, right. um, what, you know, there's, there's no shortage of leadership books out there, leadership philosophies from, um, you know, another, another white dude who like served in some company and like thinks that his opinion is, is pretty, I know a couple of white dudes here talking about it. Um, but, but, uh, Never heard of you know, we, we, uh, you know, we are, have done a lot of work to think through what does leadership mean for us. And, um, as a community, we've come together and said, well, here's, here's a finite number of attributes um, that, that we're going to use to define leadership that, that come from the values by which Pat lived his life. And, and now we're going to drill down in each attribute. So if one attribute is tenacity, right, all right, we, could look at, we could look to Pat's life and see you know, what it took for him to get to the NFL. Right. Uh, you know, he was, he was regarded as like a, a decent player, right? Um, right. you know, he made it into a college program, uh, at Arizona state university, nobody expected that he would continue on to the NFL. Um, but the guy worked his ass off to get there. Uh, and, you know, basically, you know, through force of will, um, got himself into the NFL and, uh, you know, there were, there was no shortage of folks telling him that he was too small, not fast enough, right. wasn't, wasn't going to be able to do it. And the guy hit like a freight train and you know, like that's, that's what he could do. And so, and, and, um, you know, for, for people that know football a lot, a lot more than I do, uh, they've described him as having really, really good football smarts. He could see how plays were developing and, and be able to put himself in the right. right Read position. the field. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and when we look at tenacity as a leadership attribute, okay, well, we're not all in the NFL. We're not, you know, we're not doing that, but, but, being tenacious is important to being a leader uh, in a variety of different ways. So what does that mean? And so we've, we've gone through the, the work of saying, well, here's how we define tenacity. Um, and here are ways that, that we can grow tenacity. And that's, you know, I, I think, you know, as, as, as you and your listeners are kind of engaging with leadership as a thing, one of the things I appreciate about, about you and how you have approached this is that, you know, you, your approach um, sits on a foundation that says leadership is a skill that can be developed, right? And, and you know, leadership is, um, in a lot of ways, uh, I would say an immature view of leadership is one that says, oh, like the guy who stands up in front of everybody and speaks the loudest, like we should follow that. Right, that guy. right. That, that's the leader. Like that's, that's kind of an immature understanding of leadership. Um, and, you know, you and, and, you know, those you've had on the podcast and, and the thing that we're trying to do is, is say leadership is a lot like that. That ain't it. Like leadership is a lot. No, more definitely than not. That. It's, it's, it's pretty nuanced. And more importantly, it is a skill that can be developed. And on top of that, like look out in the world right now, 
it should be developed more than oh, it yes. is. Oh, yes, 100%. <laughs> Yeah. But and it sounds like, you know, because you've talked to me a little bit about the program you guys are launching and and you, you talk through the steps of like, OK, so here's the word tenacity and then, OK, great. So that's just a meme somewhere. That's just a buzzword. Um, and then you give the definition and that's great. But, you know, if if we could succeed off definitions, all you need is a dictionary. You'd be all set. But you guys are dialing into like the applicability of these things and the word you use that really shouts out at me is the word skill because that's the key you know and and you and i both know skill sets are perishable if you don't use them and so like the intentionality behind developing the skills implementing the skills on a regular basis is massive and the other thing is you know it it can be learned but you have to want to learn it and like you said that guy standing there shouting no like the you and i both know and i think we can agree that like you you show up to serve first and that's, that's the foundation of a leader, like servant leadership. There's a reason why that term exists. And it's not just because it's catchy. Like you have to show up to give of yourself before anything else is going to stick. So all the other skills, if you don't show up with a heart of giving to those you're leading, you're, you're kind of screwed from the word go, don't you think? Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, you, um, you, you had a podcast recently, uh, an episode recently where you were talking about um, whether somebody is a leader or views themselves as a leader uh, and, and you were, you know, you were reacting a little bit to, you know, uh, uh, a common perception that, no, I'm not a leader. Like, I don't hold this title. I don't right. do this sort of activity. Like, I'm not. And, you know, what I appreciate about that, you, you know, you were, you were talking about how all of these activities, you know, whether it's with your family, in your profession, um, but, but then individually, like, what, what are you doing as a person, as an individual to grow yourself, your leadership skills, and your leadership practice and um you know I, you know you know that i'm a runner um i like running marathons uh, i think there's a lot of you know for me i see a lot of analogies i, I know you know you're 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 bjj guy so I, i'm <laughs> sure you see, you see a lot of those things there too i think it's common in in you know athletics but you know for for running i i want to be a faster marathoner right. so what does it mean that i do it means that you know i run a lot you know, on a week to base, week to week basis, it means that I need to plan on oh, this week, I'm going to run this much, and I'm going to slowly build to this level. It means that while I'm building to that, that number of miles per week, um, I'm going to have different kinds of runs, I might have, you know, mile repeats, I might have 800 workouts, I might have five mile tempo runs, I might have, you know, hill workouts, uh, I'm going to have some some days that are just easy, like I need to like let my legs rest a little bit. Sure. And all of those, like, if we, if we take the analogy over, like, those are skills, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not running mile repeats because I want to be a miler. Um, I want to be a marathoner. Right. But, you know, in the same way you look at leadership, like, tenacity is one of those skills or decisiveness being one of those skills, right? You're not going to exercise that skill to its max every single day, but you should recognize that that's a skill that exists and that you can build and you should be thoughtful in how you build it. And, and that's, that's, that's where the, that's where this conversation gets valuable. And, and the truth of it, you know, and you said it great in the, the running analogy is that when you're, when you're trying to better something about yourself, whether it's being a faster runner or being a better leader, it can't just be run more. It right. can't just be lead more, you know, we'll use your running analogy. You have to, you have to research like, okay, you have to key in your diet. You have to figure out what, what does, you know, interval workout do for your cardio? What all these things go into it. You have to be intentional about when you rest and how you rest and what you're putting in and what you're putting out. All that stuff matters. And that same intentionality, that same research ability, that same application on a daily basis, being mindful of how you're doing it goes into any skill you're trying to build. And so if you're not, you know, if you're like, oh, I'm just going to get in front of more people, I'll be a better leader. Wrong. No, you're going to be a failure. I promise you. You know, if you you have to take the time and, and part of that leadership research and you guys, it sounds like have gone into the, the very deep delve nuance of this stuff with this program that you're trying to launch in January is that it's there's psychology behind it. Like you have to understand how other people interact and how, you know, interpersonal communication skills work, how what we're doing right now with nonverbal cues, like all that stuff matters. And you have to know that stuff to be a more effective leader. Yeah, hundred percent. And the, the way that, the way that, uh, you know, the way that it plays out negatively, you know, you, you use the example like, oh, I'll be a leader if I, if I am standing in front of larger groups of people or something like this. Um, the, the, a common one that I think, you know, we've all seen out there is, um, 
a fixation on titles uh, or, or, or roles. Like in the army, it'll be, it'll be about rank. Um, you know, outside of the army, it's like, oh, am I going to be the director of this or that? Right. Like, that's the thing I really want to be. And when I get there, I will have achieved this like leadership nirvana that I am seeking. And that, and that ain't it, right? You, no. you, you get people who, and this is like, you know, this is typically the, the, the genesis of negative leadership stories where, <laughs> you know, somebody, somebody gets to the rank or somebody gets to the, the title or the role, um, but they haven't actually invested in their development of that skill. Right. And so they're like, oh, bam, got it. All right, everybody listen to me. I, I'm, here, here's, my, here's my title. Like, look at my name tag. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it's, you know, one of the, one of the things and, and why like this, this um, you know, the story that we, we talked about a minute ago of you and I in Baghdad, one of the, the key elements of that story that I don't want to let slip by is you know there was a reporting relationship between you and i right um and so like in the formal sense of that relationship like i was the leader sure right and and so you know like the 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 negative way to view that is like oh travis should sit there and just be led right <laughs> but like and that that also is not how the world works that's not how people work and and what i appreciate about that moment is like you were leading me uh you know and so like it there was a kind of divorce from like, oh, here's what the, what this formal hierarchy in the military says this relationship should be. But actually like we're both leaders, first of all, um, and, and we have different roles and right. we're going to play those roles. Um, and we're both going to support each other in both directions, um, which actually makes us both better. 100%. Uh, and, and so like, you know, that, that's that, that way of developing leadership of, of knowing when to apply that leadership. Like I've seen you do it. That's the kind of thing that, that we want to continue developing in our Tillman scholars and, and really like more broadly than that. And so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to leave anybody out. And I know that you've got, you could probably go on and on about all the great things that your Tillman scholars do, but like, if you, if you have any off the top of your head, like share with me just some, how this works in the, in the world, like who, who's out there just killing it with the values that they've learned through this. Yeah. You know, there, there are, like I said, there, there are 700 Tillman scholars around the country um, who are working in a variety, you know, you name the field, they're in it. We've got, you know, we've got scholars who are working on, um, uh, you know, uh, how to use um, uh, psilocybin, you know, mushrooms for PTSD. Right. We've got, you know, we've got scholars who are trying to figure out, you know, um, uh, how does uh, uh, how does the law work in the um, investigation and prosecution of international terrorists, um, specifically related to 9/11? You know, we, we we have we have scholars who are you know um, running uh, who are serving in, in elected roles who are running um, you know COVID uh, vaccination um, plans right now. Um, you know, we have one one scholar that that I'll call out. Her name is uh, Khadija Harrell. Um, she's a 2020 scholar. She um, she's an Air Force uh, uh, veteran. She's getting her master's of public health at the University of Washington. She um, you know she has a son who had a uh, a cleft palate, and that has while, while she was serving. And she you know part of her um, kind of assessment of you know, where she was going in her life, she said, hey, I'm, I'm going to discontinue my, my service in uniform in, if, uh, in this way, in active duty, so that I could, uh, you know, kind of tend, tend to my family a little bit more, um, while still advancing professionally. And so she's, she's getting this degree, in, uh, this master's in public health. Um, she currently works at Seattle Children's Hospital, uh, and is part of this organization that is helping uh, 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 doctors and hospitals in uh, East Africa, um, in Ethiopia, in Ghana, in Nigeria, helping them to um, serve kids and people with cleft palates and helping them to grow and how they're serving their communities. That's the sort of thing like she, she you know, came, came to, you know, by, by chance, this circumstance in her life with her family, with her son. And she said, how am I going to, how am I going to contribute not only to my son's life? Of course she wants, you know, she wants to do that. Right. But she, said, she zoomed out and said, no, no, like I'm learning something here. How do I serve more than just my family? How do I take this and make somebody else's life better? Um, in a place that's pretty far away, right? Like right. she doesn't, uh, you know, she, 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 you know, she doesn't, this is not um, her community in the sense that she lives there. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's an example of somebody who, you know, I respect 
um, the, the work and the decision-making that goes into that to say, here's, here's my challenge. It's not simply, oh, great. How do I, how do I resolve this for my, my family? It's how do I resolve this for my family? And how do I take this experience and apply it for others that may not have that chance? I think, first of all, that's amazing. The entire story is amazing. And there's a lot to like take away from it. But some of the stuff I want to highlight is like, you know, she, you've got, I don't want people to think, oh, Tillman Scholar, like it's this hoity-toity lofty, you know, these are people from all over, from all different circumstances, from all different walks of life, all different branches of service, you know, and there's a commonality though, as diverse as you are as Tillman Scholars and as diverse as that 700 is, there, there's a shared like what's next mindset. Like, you know, you see a problem set and instead of it stopping you, you not only go, how can I fix this? But how can I fix this on a massive scale so that it's not a problem for anybody? And that I think, you know, it's something that, that I believe I do and I know it's something you do, but I think it's something that people just are sometimes just lacking that what's next. And I, it, it definitely revolves around some resiliency. You know, you can't just get stuck in that defeatist mindset, but because you everyone could fixate on the, the victory side of that story that she's in Seattle and killing it, right? But the circumstances that started that were not fun. It was not a fun place to be in. Things are not going according to plan. You've got some hardship in your life. And because of that, you've got to leave a career you're probably crazy about to focus on something that you know is going to be an arduous task. And instead of getting stuck in that funk of, uh, she was like, okay, what's next? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. adversity into opportunity is a huge thing. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's, you know, uh, that, that's what we're looking for when, when we're looking at applications, right? We're looking for somebody who has, um, you know, the audacity to, to think big, you know, how, how do I solve this problem that is a national or global problem? You know, we, we have another scholar uh, named Roberto Diaz, uh, a, a 2020 uh, scholar as well. He's a, a Marine Corps veteran. Um, he's the son of, of undocumented immigrants. He joined the Marines so that he could get a citizenship. And, uh, you know, he came, you know, we, we've had all this conversation about education. Uh, you know, he saw how education served him, served uh, others and said, you know, when I leave, you know, the uniform service, uh, he's out now, uh, how do I continue serving my country? How do I continue serving my community? And his answer to that, you know, he's, he's been teaching for America. Uh, he served in a variety of, of you know, underrepresented communities um, in education, really on the front lines of education is, right. is um, one of the things that he shared with us was that um, his peers called him the infantry teacher, nice. uh, which, is, which I love, you know, I, as a former infantryman, it's like, yeah, you know, like there's, and you know, especially, you know, as, as a, a drill sergeant, like, you know, the, the, the art of being an infantryman, like a lot of it is the shoot, move and communicate but, but really like underneath that it's people and it's oh, 100%. like, it's teaching people. And so I, you know, like, I, I appreciate that he's, um, you know, he's committed himself to continuing to, to serve in that way. And I think the other, you know, it, they all kind of bring me back to something else we discussed is, you know, he's got his own set of circumstances, things that he saw in his life that made an impact and everyone reverts back to that what's, you know, it's a lacking quality in people, but it, that selflessness to go, okay, it's not just my problem. Like if I'm going through this, other people are going through this. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's big. And then like the other point you brought up with his story is, and I, I don't, I don't want to have it pass by because it's sort of important to us, like that infantry being about the people. And I think that's such a massive leadership point in the first place. Cause, but we can use that as an example because it is kind of an extreme circumstance. Like, you and I together had to get other grown men to run towards bullets on purpose. <laughs> they don't do that unless yeah. they trust you and they're not going to trust you because you showed up with a title. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and building that trust like takes time, takes humility, takes a willingness to, to listen when you're wrong. You know, like if, if anybody like gets a title, um, which itself is an act of trust, that that deserves to be respected like if you if you have that role you have that tie whatever it is um you got to honor that by by listening by listening right. to people and like and, and being humble you know I, I i in my role today um you know at, at the pat Tillman foundation 
you know, it's not uncommon for me to like, well, I don't know the answer to that. Um, like, how are we going to figure it out? <laughs> or, uh, or, or being honest with um, like, hey, here's a problem that, you know, I've been thinking about and I'm, I'm struggling to, to get to an answer on this. Like, what do you think? Um, because guess what? Like, not only do I not have all the answers, but I, I'm not supposed to. Like, that's right. not how leadership works. You know, it's funny. You, humility is such a, a big point to bring up. And it, it's funny you bring up that particular point the way you did, because in fact, one of my keynotes that I give, I use Buck James, who was my first battalion commander. And I give a brief, you know, anecdote about how we got the strikers. And it was the first time anyone had ever seen this thing. And for like a month, we're all wondering, okay, you know, the battalion commander is going to tell us what's going on and what the plan is. And he's got, he's got the answers. Right. And this dude stands up in front of, you know, 300 dudes and goes, I don't know. Like <laughs> that was the speech we waited a month for. I don't know. And then he went on to say, but we'll figure it out together. And in that moment, that entire battalion would jump through flaming hoops for him. I mean, there's nothing we wouldn't do for that man because he showed up with humility and said that we're going to do it together. Like you want buy-in, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know if you I think you know this, but I, you know I, I did serve with with Buck James on my second deployment. Yes, um, he was in the uh, in the core staff, um, so certainly a different different interactions with him. Um, but yeah, I, that that guy, if nothing else, that guy's you know is going to be one hundred percent transparent, and honest with you in every single discussion you have with him, which is which is great as a leader. Like, you know, um, you know that that is a wonderful way to build trust. Um, and, you know, to reference a name that people might be more familiar with, like, I, I've always referred to him as, like, my generation's Hal Moore. Like, he was that kind of a leader. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, so, you know, the, the other piece there, too, just on, on humility is, um, is just being okay with the fact that we're all unfinished. Uh, you know, we're all, you know, we're all working, you know, like, think about, you know, like, like the, the, the visual that I have in my head is, is like, like, a, you know, a statue, like being carved in the stone, right? Like it, it's never done. Like right. there's no, there's no, like, there's no David at the end of this, no. like at the end of this, like, you know, uh, you know, inshallah, uh, you know, <laughs> oh. by, by the time I'm 80 or 90 years old, like I'm going to be a frail old dude, like probably, you know, cursing my knees out and like, it ain't going to be pretty um, like that. You know, like that's how that's where, but like along the way, you know, we're, we're taking a little chisel of, uh, of unpolished uh, uh, granite off, off the top and, you know, getting a little bit better. And like, there has to be a little bit of comfort with the fact that we are all unfinished. And, and, and I think what that, what that does, if you're okay with that for yourself, like the, 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 yeah, like a core thing around leadership is, is, is like imperfection. Right. Um, not, not only for yourself and to what you hold yourself to, like that doesn't mean you don't have integrity. That doesn't mean you're not trying to do it right every single time and be consistent. Um, but, but to acknowledge that, like sometimes you're going to get it wrong. Um, what that does for yourself, but also in a team to say like, hey, sometimes my team is going to get it wrong or one person on the team is going to get it wrong. And that's okay, you right. know, because I'm going to get it wrong too. And they're, they're going to have to tell me like, you got it wrong. And I'm going to, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sure, sure. Enough. Yeah. Thank, yeah, thank you for telling me. Like, let's adjust course. Um, and that that comfort with the fact that like this this is never over. This this like idea that we grow as leaders that that never stops. And if it does, you're doing something wrong. And so, would you say that you know we've touched on a lot of leadership traits? Uh, I you and I could probably sit here for five hours talking about just humility, you know, on its on its own, but. So are these all things that you're hoping to empower folks with, with this program you've got launching? It is. Yeah. So, you know, the, uh, and this is like late January, right? Like this is right around the corner. You guys are kicking this off right around the corner. We've actually shifted the, the start date to mid February. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's right around the corner. And, um, you know, we, uh, you know, we, we, the scholars that come to us, come to us with, you know, imagine a, a profile, right? Or like a, a mountain range, right? Where, you know, on the x-axis is like, oh, this trait, this trait, this trait. Right. Like people have different skill sets in the traits as they come to us. Um, and they, they, you know, they get selected because they're, they're doing well in a, in a lot of ways. Um, and to this point about like this continuous lifelong journey of, of learning, um, what we are seeking to do is help them identify 
and, and I want to be clear about this point, this is not a judgmental, like we're not going to go to our scholars and say, we think you're bad at um, deciding. <laughs> right. And so let's help you. Um, that's actually you not- suck at tenacity. And I hope my telling you so makes you better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that, that's not how this works um, or how it could work. Uh, we're we're going to build a set of tools. We have built a set of tools where scholars can assess themselves and say, hey, here's a couple places where I'd like to grow in this next year. And our answer to that, our value add is, oh, great. That's the thing you want to grow in. We've done the thinking on this. Um, if that's the thing, here's the way that we can support you in, in your growth. And that's going to include, um, you know, kind of personal exercises. That's going to include uh, some reading material. You're like going to have to read. Right. Uh, which, which, you know, in school, you, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're going to have to kind of get outside your head a little bit. Um, and there's going to have to be some, some discussion, you know, some, some pushing and pulling of ideas that are personal to people um, in, a, in a cohort where there is a good amount of trust already. And ideally, we go through this, you know, go through this first year and, and in the, you know, this is the first year of this program where, you know, we expect to, as an organization, learn how does this go and how can we make it better. Um, at the end of the first year, ideally, we can redo this self-assessment. We could ask scholars to redo this self-assessment and say, well, you know, you identified these two places you wanted to grow over the year. Did you grow there? Like, did, did this, was this helpful? And, you know, the answer for some might be like, yeah, that really helped me a lot. The answer for others might be like, ah, you know, I, I didn't really get a ton out of this. Right. Um, I hope for that to not be the case. But if it is, I want to hear it and I want to work on that. Um, so, you know, I, I, the whole point of this exercise, the whole point of the Pat Tillman Foundation investing in leadership development is because we believe in our Tillman scholars. We believe in their potential uh, to have a positive impact. And, you know, if, if the Pat Tillman Foundation goes away today, all of our scholars are going to continue doing great things because we feel really confident about our selection process. We feel like we've done a good job building community. Um, they're going to be fine. They're going to do great things right. and, and they'll be proud. Our job is to amplify that. And if we can kind of come in in a targeted way and say, here's places, you know, we want to offer some things to you. Um, instead of being here, they might be here. And, and that, that, that is the win that we're all looking for. Um, and it, it starts with, you know, a, a commitment to, to personal growth. I think what's so cool about the approach too, is that you kind of bookend it with introspection, you know, like they, you don't come to them with that. Like you said, you, you're not telling them where they're lacking. You have them do that inventory first. And like right off the bat, what that does is it trumps their intellectual immune system because then the improvement is their idea. So when you come to them with viable solutions, well, it's my idea. I want that, you know, which is huge because if you come to anyone and say, you're going to do it this way because I say so, they go, no, I'm not. Like that's their <laughs> first move. And yeah. then on the back end to that, you know, overarching humility to go, okay. I mean, basically, you know, I did at the end of every cycle as a drill sergeant, I would go, okay, so what did I suck at? Like, and I would say, I use this in my squads when I was a platoon sergeant, every facet of leadership I've ever had, I say, where do I suck? I want to know where I suck. And as a program with the credentials behind it to raise your hand at the end and go, okay, where do we suck and where can we improve and what didn't work and what did work to do that all important as we know, AAR, even though it's three o'clock in the morning, you just want to go to sleep um, to get that out of the way and to show them like you're open to learning too. Like it's one of those things that can have such a massive impact as it progresses, because like you said, like you're never perfect but you can always improve. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there's, there's a really genuine commitment to that approach, both on our staff from, from our board of directors, uh, from Marie. And, um, you know, we're excited about where this goes. You know, we think that uh, we start with our Tillman scholars and, you know, that, that is the core of the work that we do. Um, but we do think there's an opportunity uh, maybe in 2022 or 2023 to go to some of our partners and say, hey, you know, we've built this curriculum, we've built these workshops around leadership. Uh, perhaps this might be a value to you and your organization. And, um, you know, testing out the waters there uh, to see, you know, can we truly add value? If the answer is no, then, you know, we're not gonna force it. Right. Um, but, you know, if the answer is like, maybe let's think about that, let's, let's see where this goes. Um, that, that's the kind of conversation we wanna have because ultimately, you know, it, it, it helps us to, um, it helps us to build more relationships for our Tillman scholars. Uh, and um, it helps to kind of um, support 
a values-based approach to leadership that, that we really believe in. Another, you know, it's one of those things where if this program works for a group of a predominantly A-type personalities who are very driven and goal-oriented and have their own, like, these are my left and right limits and I'm not going to budge, you know, like we can be pretty rigid as military people. If it works for them, I promise you it'll work for anybody else. You know what I mean? Like if you can get that spaghetti going in a straight line, you're solid. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of potential here and you know, to, just to kind of bring it back full circle a little bit, you know, this, this again is um, you know, we, we do this in, in a way that is conscious of the name of our organization. Uh, you know, we are, we are da- on a daily basis conscious of the fact that we are named after a person who himself was intellectually curious, who himself was committed to his own growth and his own leadership. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, uh, tragic that, um, you know, we didn't get to see where that went. Um, and, uh, you know, from that, so much, so much good has and, and will continue to come. And you know, I'll, I'll just on a, on a personal note, um, you know, I, uh, you know, I met my wife and have my family because of the Pat Timlin foundation. Right. I, I, you know, went on, went on an adventure and, uh, and, you know, one of my fellow Timlin scholars said, oh, you should talk about that at this event. And uh, at that event, you know, I, I, I met not my now wife. And so, you know, there's like those little ripples in the world, you know, like that started with a, with a tragedy. And now like, you know, I'm, I'm married and have, have a nine month old, uh, at the house, you know, and, and she, I'm pleased to announce is making you her grappling dummy, which is good for everybody. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I have, I have made a commitment to, uh, to get choked out. Uh, on it's good the, that you're uh, a runner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Run, runners are not known for being great at uh, grappling, but you, you know, might be able to get away. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's oh, right. you know what? Speaking of running. So like all this stuff you guys have got coming up, the leadership program, and just continuing to feed it. So if I'm not a fortune 500 company a year from now, looking to implement the leadership program in my business, if I'm just Joe Schmo civilian who wants to get involved and feed into this amazing organization, you guys have got Pat's run coming up this year, correct? It's an annual event. We do. It's an annual event. Uh, so it's, it's April uh, uh, 18 um, uh, of 20. I'm sorry. That's not the right date. It's a, uh, uh, April, uh, 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 23, 24 and 25. So it's, it's going to be held virtually, um, over that weekend. So Pat's run is a 4.2 mile run typically held in Tempe, Arizona, uh, finishes on the 42 yard line at Sun Devil Stadium, ASU. And, you know, the, the environment that we're in, we do things virtually now. Uh, you know, we typically have 28,000 people that do this event. Um, but it is a, it is the primary fundraiser that helps fund scholarships for veterans and military spouses that are Tillman scholars. And so, um, it's pretty important to us as an organization. It's also pretty, you know, financially, it's also pretty important to us as a community. Um, and so, you know, this will be the second year that we've done this virtually, uh, on, on January 12th, we're going to open registration, um, for patch run. Uh, that's a Tuesday. So, you know, I, would encourage people to go to patchrun.com and, and sign up. You could run your 4.2 miles anywhere. Uh, we've got a very vibrant social media community that will post all their training photos and, and finish line photos and all that, um, as, as people get it done. But, uh, again, you know, I, would invite folks to, to, to run patch run, test yourself a little bit, see how fast you can do 4.2 miles. Um, or, or walk it, you know, we've got a lot of folks that are part of this community, you know, the, the, in this event, the community is really more important than the competition. Right. Um, so we've got folks that will walk it with their families. Uh, and, um, and that's, that's something that we get pretty excited about. So uh, 4.2 miles, January 12th registration opens up uh, patsrun.com. We'd, we'd love for people to, to join us and help support, uh, help, help support our scholars. And the thing that, you know, like, yes, everyone sign up, honestly. And, not everyone's a freak like you, okay? Not everyone runs 15 miles every day. And so the fact that, you know, do it with your kiddos, go for a four, a four mile walk, you can do that with your, in your sleep. I know you and I have both done it. We've both walked four miles of sleep. Uh, yeah, so, in our sleep, that's right. <laughs> like quite literally in our sleep. So sir, anything else you wanna hit, things you want folks to know, where can they find all things Tillman Foundation? Yeah, so pattillmanfoundation.org or ptf.org. Uh, uh, learn more about about our work about our Tillman scholars 
Um, and, you know, find us on social media. You know, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, uh, we're on LinkedIn, um, you know, sharing the story of our, of our Tillman scholars. But um, yeah, yeah, if anybody, you know, wants to learn more, uh, I, I will gladly talk about our foundation uh, and our Tillman scholars, um, probably a lot longer than anybody wants to listen. So please, <laughs> please do reach out and I'll have that conversation. Well, I appreciate you being on. Um, everybody go check it out. And, you know, it's, I think it's an amazing organization. And I honestly, you know, I'll, this will, we'll wrap it up. So everyone doesn't think that, you know, all it was, was an angry encounter in a stairway, like at a personal level. And this is totally not talked about prior to the taping, but like, I'm crazy proud of you, dude. I'm proud of who you are, where you've come from. And I'm proud of just the, the incredible mindset that you approach everything with and the organization is is blessed to have you and i just wish for you like wildly continued success thanks man uh that means a lot um yeah i, I tell you what like serving with you uh and you know still still being able to have this this relationship means a ton to me so thank you so much and and so so glad that you're doing this podcast uh and you know if there's if there's more ways that uh that we can be a part of it and be helpful please do let us know thank you dan i appreciate being on cool thanks Travis. all right folks there you have it uh did i lie was that not an amazing show like so what's so great about that episode for me is I had fun. I mean, if you don't have fun, listen to that. There's something wrong with you. Like Dan is just a super awesome human being, part of a killer organization that's, as I said at the very beginning, just doing amazing things in the world. Uh, so check out all the stuff they've got coming up. You know, get involved, research, check out the Tillman Foundation, do Pat's Run. Look, it's virtual. I'm. He didn't say it on the show, but I'm going to tell you now. No one's going to check to see if you actually did it, okay? You can be involved by sitting on your couch. I promise it's fine. No one's going to check. Uh, but you know, like he said, take your family for a walk. It's four miles. You can do it. I promise. Like we said, we've done it asleep literally. So check that out, get involved. And I hope you guys enjoyed my episode with Dan Fattrell. <laughs>